Hello. We got it. Hello, ladies Hi. and gentlemen. Oh my God, we're back. Oh my God. They didn't, they weren't expecting us. They really they weren't. They thought we wouldn't make it, but we did. That's the thing. Is people always count us out every week. They're like, these bitches aren't coming back. We've got the haters, guys. <laughs> we, we always. We honestly don't. Like, it's been a long time since we've gotten like mean comments, like in true. our videos or anything. Or even a mean review. I, we got that mean anti Gaga review, or like said that we were anti Gaga, the podcast review, but that was a while ago now. That was literally years ago. I'd say a year ago. No, that was like, that was like two years ago I would say almost two years ago all right when did stupid love come out like almost two years ago that's sad yeah she's just now going on tour for that album can you believe oh wow is it like just starting yeah the chromatica I mean when else could it have started during COVID you got your tickets girl got your standing room I haven't gotten them all right When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And we're back again another week in front of the microphones talking to you all. Matt it's, Steele. Yes. How are you? I'm doing well. It is May. It's true. It is a whole May. new month. It is the lusty month of May. Lusty. And so we, I mean, it's a song from oh, Camelot. I don't know that. Get Cultured Girl. I don't know her. Um, it's a beautiful Julie Andrews. We love her. Okay. We support her on this podcast. Sure. But um, I don't know. My week was very good. I would yeah. say I, what did I do? I worked a little uh, a Tuesday. Tuesday, I told my friend Arthur, I was like, take me shopping because oh. not take me like pay for me, but like, <laughs> but like take me like come with me because I'm very much the person who I need someone to always come with me when I shop to be like, buy this, buy this, don't buy this. Oh, so like, interesting. Because, because I overthink things when I shop. Mm. And so I'm very much like, Ooh, do I need this? No, I don't. Or maybe I do. And then I buy something and I feel guilty about it or it's, it's just a mess. And so wow. I always need someone to be like this, this, this. Yes. And so I went out shopping with Arthur and we went to a bunch of stores Mm -hmm. and all said stores, um, the lowest, the smallest they went was just a size small. And Uh sometimes smalls are too big for me. (laughs) So um, I only bought one thing. Okay. Uh, Are you wearing it? I'm not wearing it. No, this is just a green shirt. Okay. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) This is just a green. Well, you know. Redheads and green. Yes. I, yeah, I know because you always get mad when I wear green because, quote unquote, it's your color, which is a little wild. Listen, <laughs> as a redhead, it's like I feel like I, you know, can capitalize on the green. I can't capitalize on the green, too, though. Not as much as me, though. I look great. In green. When I'm in green, it's over for all the rest of you. But like, then it's when done. you're in any other color, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. It's doing great. And so, um, oh, God, what else did I do? This, oh, uh, for work, I handed out um, uh, like flyers for like discounts or whatever like I went door to door in Santa Monica and just put stuff in mailboxes All right. so that was miles and miles and miles of walking and my legs hurt very much but hey oh. 
I got that hourly payment. Love that. Um, and it was very nice. Got to listen to some podcasts and, uh, yeah, that's about it. I got some scrapes and bruises because in Santa Monica, um, mm. like there are all the houses are very beautiful and everything, but some people get a little overly excited about their like lawns in Santa yes, Monica, and so they, they have these small little um, front lawns, but they overpopulate them with these plants, and it's like walking through a jungle. I mean, people to love their to plants. Their thing, I and feel they like scrape me because I'm trying to like bushwhack, mm. um, and it's just it's very dramatic. My life is a mess. I mean, you forgot the most important part of your weekend was that you celebrated my birthday at a dinner with I me I figured on you would talk about that. This well, is your... Well, first, talk about your... Is, are you okay? What do you mean, am I okay? You had your... Oh, right! <laughs> surgery moment. Yes, I had a procedure. He had last, his nose job. Look I did at not, it's gorgeous. It's the same because it was not a nose job. My de- deviated septum is still slightly deviated, but okay. that's fine. But uh, yes, yeah, so on Monday, I had the procedure. They went in, scooped out all my sinuses, uh, and I guess did what they like to call like inner nasal liposuction to like the things in my nose are now smaller. I am now recovering. I will say the first 24 hours after that procedure were more bloody than I presumed they would be. Uh, you know, I love bloody. Girl. I do not. Get especially it when you are just sneezing and you're like, oh, I'm going to lie in bed with my white sheets and have a nice sneeze moment. It's like, oh. Oh, you have white sheets. I have bought new sheets. Okay. You know, we <laughs> love a new sheet. You moment. know what? Brooklyn and loves me because at some point you have to do it. And so I, someone's saying, Jeff is saying, let's hear those new vocals. We're not completely ready yet because, you know, there was trauma within the nasal passages. Exactly. I am still healing. They're still a little bit inflamed. You need to have your uh, nasal physical therapy exactly. until you, you know, run a marathon again. It's mostly just I need time to heal. I mean, yeah. I. Honestly, before the surgery, I was like getting a little bit of smell back. It's back to being completely gone. (laughs) And so as the nasal passages open back up, as the, you know, scar tissue or whatever dissipates, I think we'll be in business. Um, But then after that, the week went on, there was fewer bloody nose situations. Mm. Uh, And then we went to a place, a restaurant called Tess for my birthday dinner. His birthday was Friday the 29th. It's true. It's true. I'm a whole new year older. And it was a really lovely dinner. We had so much fun. It was a great group of eight of us and when I came back you can ask Jackson I was like ah, I love that I love my friends and he's like yeah I know that but I was just was like it's always nice when you get people together that like aren't always together in the exact same friend group and everyone gets along really well and there was no like hateration you know of course not sometimes you get friends together from different mini friend groups and like does it work all the time you don't know and I felt like we all got along so swimmingly I wouldn't say was- we're different friend groups like it's all people we all knew each other for know, you, like a decade but almost. you don't like hang out with the people there all of the time every you know day I mean? no, yeah exactly no, no. so it just was nice getting you know the people that you're closest to even if they're in you know disparate parts of your lives together and it was lovely so you agree hmm. you love me uh she, I do yes <laughs> I seem to recall like in like 2012 2013 okay. around that era you being like oh I think it's so weird when friends are just like I love you oh it's weird I mean I don't tell them to their face I'm not like I love you all the time to a friend I think you should I do try love my friends. I think you should try something brave and say it to my face right now you say it to my face first I fucking love you okay I love you too let's move on (laughs) 
I otherwise uh, I went to uh, a, a nice um, well Jackson's sister and her husband took us out to lunch today another birthday celebration thing and honestly I took the day off of work on Friday I have been relaxing luxuriating I forgot what my day job even is so tomorrow will be a big shock for me you know oh yeah you'll be like what is this what is this I had something with a computer I, I guess I just have to quit I guess I just must but I, I would miss the money so um, okay should we dive into the news for idiots let's go we've got news coming up guys we Some really news. The first topic is something that's truly wild. It is absolutely wild. So uh, Universal's Wicked Adaptation, John M. Chu took to his Instagram story to announce that um, this adaptation will be in two parts. We're getting two (laughs) movies as if this is fucking Avatar. Wicked with uh, with uh, Ariana Grande and Cynthia Revo is being split into two separate films. They said they began trying to cut it down, and it felt like it was doing a disservice to the story and to the characters. And so, you know, John said, "Like Cynthia, Ariana, and I <laughs> are excited to announce." So it's like they, you know, they all are presenting Wicked, but mm. there are going to be two different films. And I'm wondering, does that mean the first film ends with Defying Gravity? Where else would it end? But girl? it's like. I can think of no songs besides For Good. Thank goodness. That I care about in the second half of Wicked. It just feels like a very front-loaded musical. Like all of the biggest moments that at least I care about are happening in film one, no? Well, I mean, all of the exposition is very much in the act one section of Wicked and everything. And then act two is very much just like how everything plays out and Mm. sort of the twists and turns that turn into what is known as the Wizard of Oz and everything. Um, I imagine just Universal, when they came up with this idea, they were just like, for the first time, we feel wicked. (laughs) Because what a wicked thing to do. Just spring this upon me. Like, I woke up and I was just like, I was not prepared for this. In a way, it's... Yet I love in a movie musical when they're like, we're going to make a big, bold choice and Um, really go for it and do something crazy. And this is kind of that. Like, they're like, you know, we're going to make this a giant event, like a Dune, like a Lord of the Rings or something like that. And so I think it's kind of cool if it's done well. I it is a part of me is kind of just like. Oh, do we need to yes, do that? Yes, that is the but question. I guess we'll see. The fact, the jarring thing was mostly like, oh, this will be 2024, 2025. <laughs> like, we have to wait until 2025 to hear, like, Cynthia Arrivo sing No Good Deed. Like, mm. I can't wait that long. But um, I guess I'm going to have to. Um, I imagine they're adding a lot from the book. Yes. I know there's a lot more density in like the character development and everything in the book that couldn't be in the musical because the musical can only be like two and a half hours. Um, so if there is more of that, then I think that's cool. I imagine um, there will be many um, new songs. <laughs> At least how a new many song or two. new songs? I just could see. I hope Ariana's getting to writing now. <laughs> I hope if <laughs> you she think wants, Ariana and Steven Schwartz hey, are going to collab, you, it could be like Taylor Swift writing that bad song for uh, Cats. <laughs> But maybe it'll be great. And you know that Ariana wants an Oscar. It's just, I could see the wheels being, the wheels turning already. And since it's not starting, you know, it's not coming out until 2025, the second one, they have time to make something great. 
They do. They, it means they have time. But my question is, it's like, isn't it more expensive to put out two movies? Right. Like, that's a lot of money to be like, we're going to put out two two-hour movies because I will not settle for anything less than two hours <laughs> for either movie. It's also like we're very much assuming that uh, Wicked 1 is going to do very well. Like, what happens? Like, no, knock on wood, hopefully this doesn't happen for all involved. But if Wicked 1's like a full fucking flop... <laughs> I don't foresee it being a flop. I see it doing well. It's Wizard of Oz uh, property. Yeah, right? it's. I see it doing, well. and it's it's a very very well known name. There's no other movie adaptation of it. Like I can see it doing very well, and Ariana Grande's it. Like I true, but I'm just. I mean, Dear Evan Hansen. There are examples. Wicked of films. is nowhere <laughs> near. Like Dear Evan Hansen is nowhere near as popular as Wicked. That's true. Like, Wicked was a. Huge, huge, and is a huge, huge thing. I'm just nerd. I just feel like we're taking a swing. We're taking a big it's a swing, swing here. And I and love swings. We went to our two game ads Instagram, put up a poll. And I think, honestly, it was closer than I expected it to be. I think 60% of people said that John M. Chu and co were doing too much. And the other 40% said the more the merrier. Were we both in the doing too much column? Yes. <laughs> But uh, people are excited. If it's done well, then I'll be like, you know what? The more the merrier. Yes. But if it... The thing is, like, I'd rather too much in a movie musical than too little. Uh Like, I, I would love... Experience. What? Sorry, I just had an idea. Is there any way, since again, we have so much hours of like uh, wicked footage coming towards us, mm-hmm. is there any way that we could put Mariah's song for the Oz, the Great and the Powerful, Almost Home, <gasps> Almost Home, in the film somewhere? I mean, she'd hate to hear Ariana sing it. <laughs> oh, no, Mar- Mariah will be playing this character okay. like that, that sings it in the movie. Uh, I guess, who can Mariah play in Wicked? I don't know. Who, who else is in Wicked? <laughs> God, I don't know. She wouldn't want to play Madame Morrible. Young. <laughs> Who's young? Who's the youngest person? Yes. I, I, she, could, she could be Nessa. She'd be a great Nessa because all she has to do is sit. Uh. Just sit and look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and, she'll, and she'll be like, ah, oh, yes, Elphaba, my older, older sister. sister. It'll be just like that Hallmark movie when she and Lacey Chabert were supposed to be the same age. <laughs> this is actually a great idea, I hope guys. I hope Stephen Schwartz, John M. Chu, and at all are listening because we're giving you some great ideas right near on the podcast. We so. know that Mariah and Stephen Schwartz already collab really well. They did it with uh, when you believe oh when you so. believe that's true but that's but that's why Mariah's coming for that writing credit because she was always pissed she didn't write on the pop mm. version of when you believe she's a writer darling um I don't know if there's really even much to say about this but I feel like we should discuss it because that's what people are talking about Elon Musk bought Twitter for 44 billion dollars all right <laughs> is Twitter worth 44 billion dollars Elon Musk sucks does this mean that Ronald Trump is going to get his account back because he's all about free speech and shit. If that happens, just let us know and then we can be furious. And I just am grossed out. It sucks. He sucks. I'm more just like, okay, like, let's. Th- th- a lot of people are like, oh, we have to delete our Twitter accounts now. And it's like, I- I'll-, I'll see what happens. I'm going to see what <laughs> like, happens, but I don't this like. This is going to be a while from now, I feel. Th- that things are changing. I don't know. You I don't think? I don't know. I hate this guy. <laughs> And apparently his Tesla is bad to their black employees. More reason to hate him. I just like, I want fewer greedy, but couldn't you solve world hunger with this fucking money? That's like the thing. That's it's the like, thing. girl, like buy whatever you want, do whatever you want to do. Like it's a company we can either consume it or not. Right. But the whole, the fact that he was like, uh, if the United Nations tells me how much it costs to end world hunger, I will pay it. And the United Nations was like, okay, it's about $46 billion right. or some sort of number they gave. That was kind of close to what he paid for Twitter. I, I believe. Really? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. God. I know. Um, and uh, he was just like, never mind. I'm going to buy Twitter. It's like, that's a 
shit. Right, it's just shitty. And the fact that he's... The people who he's now trying to court with, like, the tone of his tweets and everything, it's just like, sir, please no. Like, you could have just... Like at least put a little bit of dent in world hunger, and we would have been like, "Yay!" So just do something good. Like, what yeah. is the point of having that much more money? Like, seriously, fully hoarding money just to like play your little monopoly billionaire games with it? Like, go fuck yourself. That's, I hate that guy. That's the thing. It's just like, what's the end goal? Yes. Like, I remember when he started when he uh, it was announced he was hosting SNL. You were just like, "What is this? What, yeah, what's what is this? On? Like, it's weird. Like, I could see like I'm pray to God no, but like it seems like he's like thinking about like some sort of run for something. I, and I it's like, I can't that. handle that. I can't, I can't have, have that. that in my life. We're still traumatized from 2016 through 2020. So fuck that guy is essentially all I have to say on that. Um, okay. Okay. The funny girl revival, uh, reviews came out and they aren't good. What did you read any of them? What was like the consensus of people like the reviews on this show? And this is Beanie Feldstein's funny girl, her take as the lead role. Just that it's kind of like a disappointing revival, except for a show that they were kind of waiting for a long time mm-hmm. to revive. Um, and, you know, and there were lots of rumors that like this production was going to come starring this person. I remember for right. a while there was a production uh, starring Lauren Ambrose that was supposed to come. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, this is like one of the most like quintessential like Jewish characters it, like ever and yeah. you're gonna put like this Irish Catholic in it that's weird right but, um so that didn't happen but yeah it's a lot of people were kind of just like oh well it's just kind of like a okay revival mm. um I mean I haven't seen it so I can't comment on it right um funny girls never been my favorite Ooh. Um, I mean like obviously like Barbara's performance is you know iconic and incredible and like right. some of the songs are really great but like as a show it was never like one of my favorite shows right um but yeah i i guess better luck next time <laughs> like well for the next revival like that's all you that's all you can really do i just i felt like when these reviews came out there was like a little moment of like people being like oh guess Leah Michelle's not so bad after all. And I was like, oh, is this what we're doing with this? And then as soon as that happened, oh. more Leah Michelle news drops. I mean, the news of the week drops. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, where is this story even coming from? Is it because there's like a... It, uh, it came from heaven. Awa- is it a spring I, awakening like discussion on HBO? There's like a documentary about the show. Is that what's happening? Yes. there's. I From what I gather, there's a Spring Awakening documentary about the creation of the show and the initial Broadway production that's coming on HBO. That's like being produced by HBO or something. Yeah, yeah. And so they're kind of, kind of like dropping little Leah Michelle bombs Which just like, one by one. And it, I believe this news dropped the day the Wicked news dropped. It's right. like, this is too much. I can't handle it. It was a lot. Um, and so uh, Leah Michelle reveals that she wants to let Jonathan Groff see her vagina using a desk lamp to give him an illustrative lesson and satisfy his curiosity in the female anatomy as a gay man with no particular with no practical knowledge of its particulars. I'm just kind of offended that you never offered me any of that as a friend. <laughs> I don't think there's anything we can show one another that would be quite a surprise. You or... never know. You don't know how exotic my body okay, is. I'd like to move on. <laughs> but I just cannot imagine like there's also a world of the internet like if you want education I bet there are YouTube videos there's science textbooks like there are different ways to do this and I feel like the very moment that people were like huh maybe Leah Michelle even though she's a monster maybe she should get back into our and it's like oh 
this is what we have to say about her. You know, this news story was like the most quintessential, like 2007 theater kid story exactly. I've ever heard in my entire life. Like I was a theater student in 2007 around that time when Spring Awakening was on Broadway and everything. And this is what the Tish kids were doing. And, and it was just, and I was never a part of it. I was always like, you know what? I will watch from a distance. <laughs> um, but so when I heard this news at first, I was like, oh, this is weird. And then I was like, you know what? This sounds about right. And it also, I felt like there was another story where she's like, I was desperately in love with Jonathan Groff and like, I never understood why he didn't love me back. And then of course he came out as gay and it all makes sense. It all just feels like every Leah Michelle story that's come out from this documentary is like, it keeps her stuck in glee. Like it's like this should have happened in 2009. Like everything you're saying would have made sense when glee was still on air. And now it's like, wait, what are you talking about? Hey, you know what? HBO is thrilled because they're just I like mean, everyone is going to watch this documentary. I don't think I am. Oh, I am watching that. I am eating that documentary. Up. I never got into Spring Awakening. Oh, I I remember seeing the. Sh- I think I saw the show on Broadway twice, mm. and I remember the first time I saw it, it was like the second preview, and it was like the first moment I realized like I am seeing a brand new production on Broadway. Like right. I am seeing history being made, and like that was a very moving moment for me as a young person yeah. about to embark into the world of theater. Um, yeah, but this story is fucking <laughs> hilarious. I, I loved it, and a desk lamp. I love how the desk lamp is like a part of the story. Right. I hope that like was as good as the lighting we have here. That's the thing. I, we we love a good uh, front-facing light. If so. I ever show you any part of my body, it will be with this lighting. Again, I don't foresee that happening. <laughs> I feel like... You the, never know how desperate we might get for content. If we made it 10 years living together and never seeing each other's anything, it's not happening now. Okay. What? There's no context. Um. So Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. she has a new single coming out tomorrow. Uh, it is called Hold My Hand. It is from Top Gun Maverick. It seems like her version of... Um, Take well, My Breath Away. Take My Breath Away. Oscar-winning like, song. Covered by Jessica Simpson. Very poorly. Uh, this is uh, the comment she writes here. When I wrote this song for Top Gun Maverick, I didn't even realize the multiple layers that spanned across the film's heart, my own psyche, and the nature of the world we've been living in. I've been working on it for years, perfecting it, trying to make it ours. I wanted to make music into a song where we share our deep need both to be understood and try to understand each other, a longing to be close when we feel far away and an ability to celebrate life's heroes, etc. This description is like the John Shoes <laughs> two-part wicked of a song description. Absolutely. Like, It's like, oh, this is, we're really going for a lot here. Whenever anyone says, I've been writing this song, or even honestly, this album for years, I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Like, that means it is overthought and like, like, I don't know. We can't even say we're going to react to this probably tomorrow night. Maybe it's excellent. I've heard a clip. It seems like we're throwing it back to the 80s, throwback of it all. I, of course, love uh, Edge of Glory and You and I. If it's a ballad in that vein, I will be over the moon. It could be very you. That picture is very you and I. It is. Her just like, it's like Tatan. She's like making love to like an airplane or something. I've heard more about Tatan in the past three weeks. You know, when you see it once, it never, you always (laughs) want to find a reason to bring it back up. So, so I, but it's just like, it reminds me of when I feel like Justin Timberlake no 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 no. excuse me Beyonce wrote B-Day in like two weeks Mm. and it is a seminal fucking classic so if you're spending that amount of time it's either going to be exceptional and earth shattering and unbelievably good or you overthought it you had a good version and kind of ruined it so uh, we'll see what it comes to be I just feel like Lady Gaga doing this song and making that caption for this song 
is very in keeping with the Lady Gaga we know today. Of course. <laughs> um, the thing is, like, I saw this picture and I saw that she was releasing a song and I was really excited because I was like, new Lady Gaga era. I'm excited. Right, if only. And it's like, oh, no, it's a movie for, for Top Gun. And yeah. I mean, I guess I'm excited. I mean, yeah. she's a great singer. I, I, she would sound amazing singing a song that's kind of Take My Breath Away-esque. For sure. Because, I mean, her voice is just so, like, built for something like that, like a yes. big power or something. Absolutely. And so, you know what? I'm excited. Uh, if it's if it's not much, then I'll say to that what I say to the Funny Girl Revival. Better luck next time. <laughs> That's all you can do. Is wow. you know what? You're great, but you know, we'll try it again in a little while. Did you hear that? Um, oh. <laughs> Olivia Wilde was at CinemaCon, and I guess she was uh, introducing a new film of hers. Mm. And very oddly, an unidentified Manila folder was handed to her while she was on stage, and then news came out that it was. Uh, like custody It was her, her being served custody papers. From Jason Sudeikis. Yes. And it's just like so wild. It literally feels like something that was written for an HBO drama series about like a messy divorce. But yeah. it's also like, I, I mean, from what I understand, Jason Sudeikis isn't going around like plotting when to serve these papers. He's just like, yeah, I've signed it. It, she, it needs to be served to her, whatever. Everybody yeah. do their job. But woo! Yeah, I because I know like someone else has to serve the papers to someone else, and right. so I think he, you know, got someone else to do it. But this person was, you know, she's a famous person, yes. so this person was like, "This is like the only chance I will get to like maybe get near her." Right. So maybe this is my only chance. Um, it's because I, J- I think Jason came out and was just like, "This was not the plan for me." Like <laughs> these, mean, these were not my instructions. Right. Um. Yeah, that's a mess, and like. If there weren't children involved, like, I would be like, this is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, the only part that is a little, like, not that, because, again, besides the children being involved, is a little funny. She's on stage presenting Don't Worry Darling, which stars her new boyfriend, Harry Styles, yeah, uh, I mean, when uh, someone went on stage, interrupted her, and handed her an envelope labeled personal and confidential. Wilde was confused, this is for me, but took it and continued with her presentation. We love professionalism, and we love Booksmart, which I think we've said two weeks in a row now. So, yeah. And I love her on the OC. I'm not shitting on Olivia Wilde. I want good things for her. But this whole situation is messy. It's messy. It is messy. And like I enjoyed reading about it. <laughs> but that's that's as close as I... But it's also like there's no one to really root against here. They both seem like pretty nice people yeah. and hopefully everybody's in good spirits but like just the optics of it. Not good. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. Yes. Do you hear that Oprah said she didn't leave her home in 322 days during the pandemic? Well, if I lived in Oprah's acre-filled mansion, <laughs> then I wouldn't leave it literally ever. Honestly, it's like good for her, but also she I think she also comments and says, like, oh, I, you know, I understand my privilege for this, but mm. like 322 days strong, that's impressive. That's hardcore. You know, yeah. I hope that I can like play Wordle every day for 322 days. You know, that'll be my goal. What or, day number are you on now? I think I'm on like 105. And I'm I have my longest streak ever. I've I'm at like 45 at career in a row. The last few okay. have been really tough. Okay. All right. I I mean, by the time you get to 322, I imagine Wordle will not be as popular. I um, I bet it'll. Maybe, even if it's not as popular, the more worrying thing is will it be behind a paywall because the New York Times own it. Own so. Do you think Elon Musk is going to buy it? No, we can't have him <laughs> buy everything. And Ooh, make imagine it worse. The, the words that'll pop up. I know Tesla. <laughs> that is five letters. Um. Andy Cohen is a dad again. He his daughter Lucy was born via surrogate on Friday, April 29th. And so uh, it's uh, like uh, so uh, we're just stealing my birthday now cuz it's kind of my day, Lucy. Wow, Lucy. I know. 
Wow. Rude. It was rude. very rude. And it was almost as rude as when Mariah had her kids on April 30th in like 2008. And I was like, you couldn't have done that the day before? And because that was oh, so, <laughs> so only certain children are allowed to be born on your birthday. Yes. What if like I have a baby on April 29th? Is that allowed? We'll talk about like, it. Like, is my kid worth if it? We, if we talk about it beforehand and you make it clear that that's a possibility and I can like wrestle with that. Then maybe. You told me you loved me earlier I did, today. But love and, and allowing so, your children to be born on my fucking day, wow. two different things. You don't want to see me naked and you don't want my children <laughs> to have your birthday. I'm so offended. I, I take my love for you back, maybe. No, you don't. I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, I mean, I only have little news after this. Olivia Rodrigo performed in Toronto and brought Avril Lavigne on stage to sing complicated. I Again? Hasn't this happened before? No, no, no. Av- Olivia has just been oh, singing she just covered it. Okay. Uh, but now she brought Avril out to sing it with her. That's we cool. love our girls. Uh, Lil Nas X announced uh, the Long Live Montero tour in the US, Canada, and Europe. So if you want to see that gay man do his thing, okay, go to it. Um, and I just got to say, I feel like we get a lot of people telling us to listen to Ava Max. Uh, Maybe You're the Problem is excellent. Really? That is the first Ava Max song since uh, Sweet But Psycho that I was like, you know what? This is excellent. The video is excellent. I am so excited. Maybe I have been sleeping on Ava Max and maybe all of you gays who have been pesting me about this are right. And I should be giving her more of a try. All right. Maybe I'll listen to it on the drive down. You should. On the the trek down. I feel like you definitely should. All right. Um, Is there any other news for idiots that I might have missed this week? I don't know. We talked about it all. We talked about Leah Michelle's vagina. We talked about... (laughs) (laughs) Talked about everything. It's all important stuff. It's right? all it's it went there, guys. Today it really did. There. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with more two game mats, the podcast. Okay. Oh, Ava, I love your vocals. Yeah, you're like I'm singing out of the side of my mouth. Yeah, who are you being? Is that like a you know, just a, a character, you know? Oh, <laughs> character actor Matt Steele, never. You know, I mean they're gonna uh, I'm gonna be uh Beanie's replacement in Funny Girl. Oh wow. When when her, when her contract's up. All right. Yeah, it's Vo- going to be me. Hey, vocally, I bet you're evenly matched. Yeah, then we'll have to like delete this podcast and me being like, it's never been my favorite show. <laughs> I'll be like, it's I love true. it. I love every moment. It's true. Um, so this is Email My Heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com, two spelt T-W-O, or you can comment on uh, this video if you're watching it on YouTube. Just say, hey, this is for Email My Heart. Um, we got... A lot of emails this hey, week. It's true. So we are going to answer like two and a half yeah. because one will lead into something else. Yes. And so, uh, so we're going to leave the other ones that we got like on the back burner in case there's a week where we didn't get any. Uh, so the first question comes to us from Ed. Ed says, a Mariah question. Hi, Mats. First of all, I appreciate the consistent podcast drops every week. Like you're you're still dropping them even when both sick. (laughs) Um, It's like, it's not a good idea. Whatever. We were still apart. We did yeah. it via Zoom. We, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on my first listen to the podcast, I already know that Palmer is one of the biggest lambs out there. My question is, do you still have dream collaborations with Ms. Mariah? I would say The Weekend, Cardi, and maybe Labyrinth. Then I came across uh, with these mashups with BTS songs last week after listening with them collab with Lotto, and they're pretty good. So are they? So is Ed saying like maybe a BTS Mariah collab? Maybe. I think that'd be kind of cute. That'd be cute. That'd be a, they all dance around her and she stands there. <laughs> that sounds um, right. And uh, manifesting all the success for the both of you. So who who's your dream collab with Miss Mariah beside yourself? I mean, I have well, a 
Brandy and Mariah collaborating on the roof. I feel like I've obviously discussed that nauseum, but that scratched an itch for me where it's like, I want people who can vocally be in her element with her. Like, I would love her to be on a Cardi B. I would love Cardi B to be on a song of hers. Or like, if Lada returned the favor and did a song with her. Things like that. I think as time has gone on and I listen back to Fall in Love at Christmas time, Khalid uh, is a nice boy. (laughs) And I think he has nice songs. Vocally, he is so incredibly outmatched where it's like, I just don't think it's appropriate that someone who is has a great pop career ahead of him, but is not like an esteemed vocalist or like R&B pioneer or not even like pioneer, but someone who's really vocally they're on the same page. Okay. I don't need them collaborating. I would love not the weekend. I would love Bruno Mars. Okay. Bruno Mars is my number one dream collaborator. I think... Um, Vocally, he is obviously there. I bet he wants a Christmas hit. You know, he already has hits during for wedding season. Uptown Funk gets played every time there. I feel like going back and even, I mean, what's Brian McKnight up to? Get him back on a track. Mm. Um, I mean, I would love more female vocalists with her as well. I heard that she might be doing something with the Clark sisters. I'm excited for that. Brandy, obviously. A Jasmine Sullivan and Mariah would be I mean, a dream. Obviously. Like, I, I want people, even Morissette. We just reacted to Morissette on the YouTube channel. And, oh, God. You know, a lot of people are finding it and liking that reaction. But someone who really knows their craft vocally and knows Mariah's craft vocally and can meet her at her level of excellence. I feel like the chase, the like, I, I like that she and Sean Mendez are friends, but I do not want to hear them on a track together. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Um, I would say I we want the dream. We want JoJo's dreams to come true. Oh. So like a Mariah JoJo collab would just we need it. make everyone happy. Yes. Um, I also would love, love, love to see like Mariah and Kelly Clarkson <gasps> do something together, like write something together. I, I would die. Just I would literally die. I feel like their lyrical styles would just mesh so well together. Like they're both so emotional and that's like, and, uh, I and just they think, love each other. And they and love vocally, each other. It would be beautiful. That is a, those are great suggestions. I must say your picks from Mariah Clabs. I meant to, I saw Janie well, said Christina in the chat and I regret to inform you that will not happen. Oh no. <laughs> the bad blood is too deep there. Um, okay. But it, it's a nice thought, and she was clearly very inspired by it. Okay. Yeah. Um, next question comes to us from Maxwell. Matt, Maxwell says, overcoming insecurity. Mm-hmm. Matt, I hope you've been doing well uh, through the last several months since I emailed last. Matt Steele, the couch is immaculate. And Matt Palmer, I hope to see a tour of your place soon. Oh, okay. Get ready. Good First off, I wanted to thank you guys for watching my TikTok back in December of, for my original song. It was so heartwarming and rewarding to hear two people's opinions of whom I respected for so long. And on top of that, having it met with so much love and positivity. Well, it was wonderful. It was of course, amazing. It was wonderful. Um, it is something I cherish more than you both will ever recognize. On to my question. As a person who has wanted to share songs I have written or performed with others for a long time, I'm constantly ridden with self-doubt and insecurity that I will never be good enough for anyone to genuinely want to listen. Matt Steele as an actor and Matt Palmer as a singer-songwriter, what advice do you have to break out of your own head and overcome insecurities you may have when it comes to performing? I would love to get to a point where I can share more with everyone and would love to get your input on how to break past the mental blocks I am current. I am certain we all put up. And, you, and thank you so much for reading my diatribe, the ADHD doesn't know how to condense my thoughts any shorter than this all the best maxwell it was a perfectly uh length email absolutely I would say. it was i think this is lovely and i think um 
it is completely natural and normal to have those feelings of being like, oh, I'm not good enough to share my art or good enough to share my performance or like invite people to shows that I'm having. But you just have to remember that, you know, no one came out of the womb being the best artists they ever were going to be like mm-hmm. the only way you can get better in my humble opinion is by sharing your art with the world and no i feel like you're probably further along and more talented and more like more awe-inspiring to people than you even know oh absolutely like like the songs i remember listening and being like that's the he has talent absolutely. like you have talent like so don't worry about that and even if you're del- dipping into a different part of yourself creatively like for me i will say one time uh janie very kindly invited us to do a live stand-up show before uh obviously before lockdown and everything. And I, that to me was very nerve wracking because it's like, I am no stand up. I am not a comedian in this way. I get in front of a mic and talk to a camera yeah, and we but, can edit it and like exactly. edit out all the bad parts. But I will say we got up there, we did our thing. And even if like there were points where it wasn't like as polished as like, if we did this regularly, it would be, it felt so good and people were so kind. And like, I think we brought more to the table and got bigger reaction than I was expecting to get at all. Oh, I like, know? we did so much better that night than I ever anticipated <laughs> oh my God. for our first time going up and doing something yes. like, like everyone was laughing and we talked about something very specific, that very niche, we, very niche. We talked about, um, ABC turning points search for Broadway's next Annie in 1997. And everyone was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I, I think when you add those elements of specificity yeah. to your art, then people will be like, even if a lot of people don't get it because they don't know what you're talking about or whatever, a lot of people are like, but what is this? And right. they're, they're at least like curious about it. So definitely think about that and, and just know that you're going to put stuff out there and you're going to be like, you know what? Maybe this isn't my best. Right. And people will be like, no, this is amazing. This is great. Cause very few people can write in like in general, yeah, like songs in general. Honestly. So you're already ahead of the game. And- and I feel like even if, because confidence, it's always easy to be like, oh, just be confident, go out and like do whatever, whatever. I feel like it's easier for me to access passion, like people, and that's yes. something that people respond to. Even if you aren't putting your best song in the world out there, if you are passionate and if your emotion comes through in it, when we were up sta- on stage, just kind of like making jokes and being happy and like trying to, like people could see our passion and our banter, yeah. and like that's what got them through. Yeah, you know? and, and talking about stuff that like we knew about, yes. and if that's what people enjoy. seeing seeing and what it's even in just real life like I go on dates with people who don't know anything about musical theater right. or anything but they love hearing they're like I could listen to you talk about musical theater all day because I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> but you're so passionate right. about that like it's entertaining for me yeah. uh, and so unless like for some people it's not entertaining for them and they're like well, well they're not a match they're, they're not the a wrong match. guy Hello. and you will find your match yes you know there are some people who might listen and be like this isn't for me we're not a match but you'll have but, people out there who are waiting to hear that song exactly yeah and so Maxwell you are in a good spot so for do sure. not worry for sure so this next question will lead into I guess a giving me moments mm-hmm. moment uh, so this is from Taylor and Taylor says, email my heart question. With it's a Taylor l- Swift, you can tell me. It's definitely Taylor Swift because it's just like, why don't you guys like folklore enough? Oh. Um, uh, I'm suing you. Um, hey, Matt. Happy spring from the East Coast. Yes, East Coast. 
Uh, hope all is well. Matt Palmer has expressed his appreci- appreciation for the TV show Love, Victor many times. Last week, a new show on Netflix was released called Heartstopper. It's based on a book-slash-comic series of the same name. I heard good things, gave it a try, and before I knew it, four hours of my life were gone. I always admired Love, Victor for its diversity compared to his originator, Love, Simon. I was pleasantly surprised to find out that this show was more engaging and focused on the aspects of mental health with its leads slash supporting cast. Out of all the LGBTQ plus love story TV shows, this one was more engaging than all the rest. Was curious to see if you guys have checked it out yet. P.S. You guys got me into Rina Sabayama and now I'm a huge fan. Super excited to see her in two weeks on tour. Thanks for all the laughs as always. Tay, Tay, tell us how that tour is. Honestly, we're so jealous. Okay, so this goes into my giving me moments. I have watched all of Heartstopper as well over the past several days. As I told you I took that day off work. Uh, every night, Jackson and I have been watching it. It's an eight-episode season. It's very cute. It's about, you know, some British kids uh, who fall in love. And there's one boy who is openly gay. And he was initially dating this guy who kind of wanted to, it to be a secret. And it really hurt his, you know, mental health. And, like, he had a lot of backlash for that. And then he meets this other guy in class who... You know, this boy two discovers that he has feelings for boy one, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to spoil everything for you. It is really lovely. It is heartwarming. I believe everyone when they say it is the kind of show that if they were watching when they were growing up, it just is about like the joy of it. Like mm-hmm. it's not oh, that's trying great. to be too deep. It's not like there's obviously homophobic characters. There are bullies that like try to throw stones at the openly gay kid or mm-hmm. at their relationship. But it's not. A trauma story, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it is lovely to watch. It is lovely the evolution that both characters go on. I must say. Okay. <laughs> again, I really liked it. It made me smile. The and Maybe it's because it's based on a graphic novel. And, um, it, and it's aimed for probably a younger demographic. I have no idea where you were going to go with this. I would say the... Um, the Conflict, the amount of conflict in the show is very low. Okay. (laughs) It's very much like the biggest real thing that happens that like could be a hurdle in their to-be relationship happens in episode seven of eight. (laughs) Like, Okay. The previous episodes are lovely and heartfelt and like really make you feel good things. And like there's a lot of great like they have, again, since it's based on a graphic novel, they'll have like little butterflies like flying around that are cartoon around their hands. Very cute. But it's like... They've painted the guy who is struggling with his sexuality and then comes out as literally an angel. Like, an, like he is like, oh, he plays rugby. Everybody knows Nick Nelson. And oh, he is you make just, him a rugby player and he's perfect. Uh, and he, you know what? He always stands up to his homophobic friends. He's like, I don't even know why I'm friends with them anymore. He, Harry's, Harry's an asshole. Harry's mean. I would never be like with you, Charlie. And it's just like, Okay, <laughs> like I, I just, I did, lo- again, I loved it. I just felt that the conflict was at a, a, a low simmer throughout. Low stakes. Very is, low okay. stakes. Low and stakes. it was lovely and it felt, made you feel warm. But it's like this, especially this one character whose mom is played by Olivia Coleman, by the way. Okay. And <laughs> this one character is so incredibly flawless. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, how in the world is this a real person? Um, but it is lovely. It does have a lot of different types of people. The side characters 
are interesting. There is a trans girl who moves to new school uh, and who ends up having a, a little bit of a flirtation with another friend in the friend group. There's a friend group who's having trouble getting left behind as our, you know, Charlie gets more closer and closer to Nick Nelson. But Nick Nelson specifically and the show in general is so it's just very light. It's con- it's, it's low light. stakes, conflict free. It's a feel good show that I think is worth everything. Like I don't dislike it. It's just you know how people felt about um Coda winning Best Picture. Okay. When I see the like rave, rave, rave reviews, like 100%, this is the best thing. And I get it. There are shows like Euphoria and shows like, I think there's a show called Elite on Netflix that are a little bit like darker or edgier or trying to be cool. It's nice to have something that's light and frothy. Oh, yeah. So I get that. But I I was a little surprised. Much like Coda winning Best Friend, I just was a little surprised by the unanimous acclaim when it's like, this is lovely, but like, I do know that I haven't seen the show, so I can't comment, but I do know that in like writers circles, they're having a lot of problems with uh, like young adult stories um, because they find that a lot of young adult stories that are being published now have protagonists that are like completely perfect Mm. and like there are like no like there are no like character flaws in them so writer twitter i know is very much just like guys (laughs) um so is that like kind of yeah and it's less our main character our main character kind of you know over things gets gets in his own head pulls away from people isolates you see that his love interest i truly it's just perfect the, the one thing i can think of him doing wrong is he like left our guy alone at a party for like five minutes Oh, oh, he left him at a party. That's, alone. that's close to like Taylor's The Moment I Knew. Like, <laughs> it was very- when Jake didn't show up to the birthday party. I know. It was, except then he came back, but then Charlie <laughs> was gone. It was just. I- he just did so few wrong things that it was hard to believe. But I love that a, conflict. Like he, he left at the party, but then he came back. Then he came back. <laughs> well, it's cute. It's very cute. I recommend it. And I don't discount anyone else loving it. It's cute. Okay. All right. I'm happy that something is like a happy positive. It makes you feel good because sometimes you see some coming out stories and you're like, this is so tragic. And And especially like when it's your first time like with love as a young person, it's such a happy experience. Let it be happy. Like, of course, there's a lot of queer stories that are traumatic. So I do not begrudge this for existing. Sure. But uh, yeah, you just—it's frothing. Okay, frothing. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, Matt Steele. Um, I've been giving you moments. My giving you moments is the exact opposite of this. Mm-hmm. Some homoeroticism, though. Okay. Um, I saw the new Robert Eggers movie, uh, The Northman. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which is as opposite of a heartstopper as you can get with Alexander Skarsgård. With Alexander Skarsgård being all naked, he's always naked. Uh, hey, you know when hey him and Leah Michelle should do a, a show together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it was really intense. It's not for the faint of heart. I do not recommend it for Matt Palmer. But say. if you are fine with a little bit of blood and gore and murder and savagery. It's really great. Mm. Um, it's it's basically it's based on the lore um, that Hamlet is actually based on. Apparently, about this uh, main character is named uh, Alnith Amleth. I forget what his name. Is. Okay, <laughs> it's, whatever. Um, and um, it takes place in Iceland mostly, but then they sort of go to like Scandinavia moments, and then a moment in like the Ukraine apparently. Um, and it is a revenge story about a young prince who's a child. His father gets murdered by uh, his brother, so his brother can take the throne. Mm. And this uh, kid uh, leaves the country for several years, and then comes back to seek his revenge for his father and to free his mother, who the brother then marries. Um, and so it's very much a revenge story and. 
very much deals with like the savagery of like Vikings and like the Viking era. And whenever oh. anyone is like, Ooh, we're living in such horrible times now. It's kind of like, girl, watch this movie. <laughs> and you will be like, no, I think we're all doing semi. Okay. Um, but it was really, really well done. Really exciting. Just all the technical aspects, like the cinematography and the, the music especially was really wonderful. The sound was amazing. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, I, I'm not one for like a lot of gore, but mm. like if it, there's going to be gore, it might as well be well done gore. So right. that was definitely this. Um, I really loved, there's a, a twist kind of like two thirds of the way through um, that I won't spoil, but like, I was kind of like, okay, wasn't expecting All this. Right. And it deals a lot with like people who feel like they're owed uh, something. And it's mm. kind of like, is it yours or is it yours? And there are some spoilers coming up. It's like kind of like neither's. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, the ending spoiler alert um, ends the way a movie should. And that is with an epic battle between two men Inside a volcano, but naked. And I'm just like... It's not the Calling By Your Name music video. This like. is great. Like, <laughs> this is how all movies should end. All right. I mean, lava lighting is probably better than desk lamp lighting. For sure. And so if the guys are going to fight each other, they might as well take all their clothes off. And uh, so nothing is hindering them. Um, <laughs> great. But yeah, no, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun in that theater. I saw it in Dolby, so the sound was like real good. Yeah. Um, I had a great time. All right. Yeah. I, again, my goal is to see both... Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Sonic 2 in the coming weeks. So hopefully I will get to that, but I just needed to say it on mic so that I can hold myself accountable. And you all can hold me accountable. You, so. you need, because everyone is seeing Everywhere Everywhere. And Sonic 2. And Sonic, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, Everything yes. Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. You have to. All right. And uh, but, hey, it's lasting in theaters because there has been no dip in ticket sales Shit. for everything everywhere all at once because that is how good that word of mouth is. And all so right. that movie is doing really well. So good for them. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, well, is there anything else we need to tell the people today on the pod? We love you all. Yes. Matt Palmer, I do love you. Oh, yes. I love you too. All right. We don't have to keep saying it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. We'll be back next week with more 2 Gay Mats, the podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.